Welcome to Sea Time, everybody. The off-road show that brings you all the results, news, and online shenanigans that make being online a good time. We'd like to say thank you to Fly Racing for their support of Sea Time. Please go check them out at flyracing.com. Welcome to Sea Time, everybody. Episode 151. It's Tuesday evening. Again, <laughs> it has been two weeks since we've had a show. Of course, with December and January, people are kind of, you know, getting ready for the, I guess, getting ready for the new year. And then in January, we'll be getting ready to get over from having had celebrated the new year. So things could be a little interesting. So thank you very much for tuning in to Seat Time. This is the online show for the off-road enthusiast, um, the beer drinking, bench racing show of all the, the motorcyclist, cyclist, motorcyclist out there in the world that enjoy just uh, being on two wheels or just talking about how good they used to be back in the day. Um, you can find us on YouTube, of course, is a good way to subscribe to us there. If you're looking for audio only, Stitcher and iTunes are both good ways to subscribe to the podcast. Of course, we would not be here without the fine folks at Fly Racing, Stillwell Performance, and of course, Fast Company with their fantastic Flex Bars. So if, if you had Flex Bars at the T-Secondero, how much better would you have done? I probably would have done a whole lot better because by about halfway through i felt like i got hit by a train (laughs) it would have have just been a small train yeah it was a lot smaller of a train i probably would have finished that last last test a lot faster than i did yeah well we could could talk about that in a little bit because uh i didn't finish it all that that last test all that fast either but uh yeah so super excited to be back it is episode 151 sorry about the two-week breaks it's it really is just with all the holidays and and you know, co-hosts that enjoy being on the show, finishing up all their college stuff that's been going on. It's really just something we need to kind of, you know, make sure everybody's happy and sane and not about to just go completely batshit crazy. Because <laughs> we don't need that towards Thank this you. happy, <laughs> happy time of the year, Christmas. So what other kind of stuff? we got archive stuff. So we got hoodies in. Yes. Um, they look fantastic. Thank you very much to anybody and everybody that did support us by purchasing one of those. It's it just means a lot that uh, you know there's enough people out there for us to kind of hit a minimum <laughs> and, and create cool stuff for you guys like that. Hopefully in 2015 we'll have uh, a couple more. We're looking at trying to do four different releases throughout the year. And, of course, it'll be a one-time buy kind of situation. So as those come up, definitely check those out. Um, I didn't mention the site, seattime.co. Obviously, if you're watching us live, you're at seattime.co slash live. That's where we archive everything. Uh, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, all those kinds of stuff. If you're not in the chat room, definitely get in the chat room because once Ki- Chris Kiefer comes on a little bit later, uh, it'll be a great way for you to ask questions to him, ask questions to us, all that kinds of fun stuff, and make things a tad bit more relevant. So, Jordan, last time we talked, you were going in to finals yes. uh, with school. Now, I take that, that that means you are now done with finals. Yes, I am. It was a stressful week, but yep, Weight done. off the chest? Yes. It's like party for the next... Well, not party. I really just sit at home and watch Netflix for the next Much month. more water now. You're just yes. slamming the waters <laughs> like there's no tomorrow. For the next month and then back at it again. It's but. like you're in the middle of Mad Max and you found a bunch of water. You're just like, oh, gosh, <laughs> this water makes me party so hard. Yeah. Uh, I did see, I think... Oh, I don't remember what it's called. It's the water you drink while you drink. It's like some kind of... Uh, you know, supposed to be the hangover cure kind of oh, water. I'll have to, I, I, interesting. I, I kind of have to look around for the name. Uh, or just drink water. Or, don't, yeah, <laughs> or just don't drink liquor and drink water, and then you won't have to worry about a hangover. So, you know. Whichever you prefer. Yeah. All right. So I can't say too much about what I've been up to because I don't really know that it's been a ton of stuff. So two weeks ago when we were on, we were doing a lot of talk about the T-Second Duro that happened there, the Bartow Ranch 
in um, just north of Kalisburg, Texas, so right there on the Texas-Oklahoma border. I had a crap ton of fun at that event. How, what about you? Yes, absolutely. It was are you awesome. excited that I drugged you guys too? Yes, because when you talked about it here, you said it was going to be dry and marbly and the dirt sucked. And we got there, and I don't know where the rain had come from, but the dirt was awesome and mm-hmm. the track was awesome. Well, you said the track was going to be awesome, but it was just perfect. Yeah, I was really surprised too and very thankful. Yes. Because, and it was interesting because – it's a smaller piece of property and put on by the Red River Dirt Riders, as we said before, the guys who did Last Man Standing and a bunch of other events throughout the years, they know how to build a very tough race. So when somebody sees 45 race miles, they're like, 45 race miles? That doesn't sound like much. You know, I do 45 in a cross-country race. Well, these aren't your typical like going extremely fast, open 45 miles. So the way that these guys put on a race on a small piece of property, you had to do a couple loops twice, but that was okay because by the time you got back to them, they were so rough yeah. and so beat up. Oh it was gosh. awesome, but the dirt was still good too when you came back around, which never happens in Texas. That's very true. It did, yeah, it did. We had that interesting overcast all day. Yeah, we were, I think throughout the first three tests, we were getting mist. Uh-huh. Like every now and again, it was coming in. Were your goggles not just fogging up? Oh like yeah, crazy they were that? just basically trash. Yeah. How many times did you hit the ground? <laughs> Me, um, oh, well, a lot actually. Like, probably like five times, Man. which isn't that much. I mean, okay, it's a lot. I mean, it's more than none. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, greater than zero. Yeah, the number you I think that you know to to, to win the number you want to have is zero. Yes. Uh, or just hope that everybody one. else is having a bad day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I unfortunately I hit the ground like three times in the 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 third test. So that 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 five mile that ended in the motocross test. Yeah. And unfortunately, every single time I hit the ground in that test was because of another rider. Like either I was going to make a pass. Um, you know, it looked like they were fading either to the right or to the left, so I was kind of exaggerating my path, mm-hmm. and then they cut right in front of me at the last second because of whatever reason. And then another time it went down, there was a, just kind of drop into this ditch, and I was like, oh, cool. And as a guy off to the right, like, I was like, okay, don't hit him, and so I'm just going <laughs> to gas it and zip up this thing. But at the bottom, there was just something. And I have no idea what it was, but I hit it, and I just pinballed straight into the dude. Just like you I did. I T-boned the crap out of him. And I'm like, sorry, dude. Because I didn't, it's like, if we were cross-country battling and racing, rubbing elbows, and like, he had done something that pissed me off, and I T-boned him, like, I mean, sure, you don't want to be that kind enough. of sportsman, but it might happen. Like, this was like, so out of the blue. Yeah, like, I was apologizing before I was off the ground. Yeah. Um, funny, that same exact test section, there was like this one spot that was like freshly cut stuff, and you kind of like went up and around, and uh, I fell over there, and then I get up, and I'm getting back on my bike, and my foot gets caught in like the brush, and then I just straight fell over the other side, and I like held all these people up. They weren't very happy. It was hilarious, though. Get the girl out of the trail. <laughs> up, over, uh, over. <laughs> it was awesome. You didn't use any of your Jordan Ashburn techniques that you No, I did. Dirt rider. That's the only way I can really pick up my bike. No, you did use it. Yeah, I can't, every time I fell. If was you it, haven't seen it. Was it Dirt it, Rider better, that those were in? Was it Dirt Rider or Dirt Bike? Cooper. Rider? Dirt Rider. He's just shaking his head back there. Dirt he Rider. Yeah. We'll go dirt Rider. It. Dirt Rider. Yep. Uh, and then, of course, and then the, to, to your point of the, the goofy tip over, I had one of those as well in the, uh, in the last, the last, last section. So the 10, 11, 12 mile that we had, the AB only. Um, like 15. Right. Miles. You know how we kind of did, yeah. We <laughs> did the, we did kind of the first bit, which is all the exact same parts, yeah. probably about two and a half miles. And then we took that hard right into the just rough cut. Yeah. We come out of that little creek that we had gone into, and I'm turning right to go up it, and I stall. 
And I'm like, well, this sucks. It was like, <laughs> totally I fell over. on the exact same thing. It was like up and around. It came up at like a weird angle. I don't know, but I, I wrecked there too. And one guy actually cussed at me because I held him up there. Crash buddies. We're like, <laughs> you were two rows behind me. I was. So let's talk about two rows behind me. So all day, like I was just like sweet. So Steve Levan, he's fast for. I mean, I was gonna say fast for an old dude. He's just fast. You know, I mean, he's but he is a little bit older too. But yes. that's okay. He can kick a lot of people's asses, including my own. But uh, so he was on twenty six, so right behind me. So the days that I could keep him from passing me, I felt like I was doing a good job. I haven't raced in a long time, you know, not really in riding shape. Uh, and so those were awesome. But then. Behind me on 27 was Jordan and Cooper, her husband, you know, and he's a he's a past A champ, you know, A rider, like super pro, all those kinds of stuff. And then his dad, uh, Scott Bailey. So I knew that those two dudes, if I laxed at all, would be up my butt in no time. <laughs> and unfortunately, within the last mile of that last test section, they both come by me. Uh, it, it wasn't demoralizing because by that point I was way past demoralized. Yeah, like just finished. Yeah, I was like so <laughs> ready to be done. But that was, what was surprising to me is how good I felt all day. Yeah. Um, I, I was, you know, just kind of keeping up with the boot camps and riding my mountain bike when I can, riding the dirt bike when I can, and just mentally going into it with I'm going to have fun. I'm not going to go out there and try to, you know, kick anybody's butt. And uh, surprisingly, I mean, I held up for seven-eighths of the day. It was yeah. really about four or five miles into that last test section. Once we got through a couple of the tight rough cuts yeah, is where I tough. just mentally lost it. Yeah, I think I mentally <laughs> lost about halfway through. I came back to camp. and the second test? <laughs> I think after the third. <laughs> after Okay, so the third, the end of the test, you talked about the motocross section. We get to that check right before it, and I thought that was the end of the test. And then I just like cruised the whole moto section. And then I get back to camp, and Scott and Cooper look at my time, and they're like, what, what happened? You fell off the pace big. I was like... Well, you know, you just had that, like, last little bit. I didn't know that was actually part of the test still. I just, like, chilled the whole time, did rolled you, did everything. You, not, did you didn't see a checkout, did you? I didn't understand. I haven't raced very many Enduros. So, yeah, How that happened. How hard is it? They Doing. check you in. Okay. And they check but you they out. But they had a, uh, like, and a you just, check thing. They had, that was an ob check. What? An ob check. It's an observation check. Observation check. So, yep. Didn't know what those were. Did you, were you at the riders meeting? No. Oh. <laughs> They told us about it at the riders' meeting. Oh. Because of the fact that the, the trails were so close at some yeah. point, they knew that there could be spots where people could try to cheat, where yeah. they might be at a C, you know, oh, that's a guy well, ahead I went of me. way on the opposite end of cheating, and I just, like, let people catch You're me slower. up. Yeah. I was like, gave them a so fair chance. So when you passed, the, that, that was an object to that's just when make I sure that... Killed my speed and yeah. just rolled. Yeah. Lesson learned. But Next um, anyways, time we'll figure things out. How about halfway through the race, I was like, came back to camp and I was like, I'm done. I'm not going back out. And they're like, No, you are. You don't have a choice. Get your stuff on here. Some ibuprofen and get on your bike. <laughs> I did. I did drink. Uh, drink. I did take a lot of ibuprofen that day. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that I could say. Well, cool. Well, we're gonna have a fun guest this evening. Chris Kiefer is gonna join us here in a little bit. We could go ahead and start calling him in if you want, Stephen. Whenever you're ready. I think that'll be cool. I'm really looking forward to this. I do listen to the Paul Pomex show a lot, and he is he's on there quite a good bit as co-host. Does not take any money, by the way. I think that's awesome to to be a co-host there on Paul Pomex. Um He's just an awesome dude. He talks about some of the stuff that I want to hear about. Very experienced in off-road as well, which I don't think he gets a lot of chance to talk about being on the Paul Pomex. Yeah, it's no secret that Mathis doesn't really prefer off-road. Mathis hates off-road. <laughs> Hashtag. 
<laughs> yeah. So it's going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to that to just kind of see how it's going to go with those guys. Um, I don't know if you guys noticed, Fly Racing today did put out their cold weather gear. Um, and with that cold weather gear, the way it's kind of working is what they're doing is they're putting out these these different parts to how you can use Fly Racing cold weather gear to make sure that during the winter you can have a more enjoyable experience because everybody knows it sucks like when the wind's coming in or snow's coming in your helmet. I mean, maybe not in Texas, we don't know. but Well, we're kind of more like babies about it, though. So when it does get cold, we're like... I'd be like... I'm going home. Yeah. This is stupid. But it's really cool. I was really excited to see that. I didn't know that that email was coming. So when it showed up in my inbox, I was like, oh, very neat. So they actually do have like very specific fly racing helmets for the winter. And if you don't have one of those helmets or don't have the funds to buy one, you can buy like a little muzzle guard they have to help keep the snow out oh, and the cool. wind. And then, of course, they have a, a like they call it like a, a hole plug or a plug for the, the vent holes oh, yeah. on your fly racing helmet. So that, that way the you don't get as much... It, it, the idea is to kind of cut back a little bit on the airflow that you the get. Arctic airflow. What did you say? Arctic. That's not what it sounded like, but oh. I guess it was because of everything else going on over there, and I was just like, what? <laughs> that, doesn't, that doesn't sound like something that would go on a helmet at all. What kind of helmet are you playing with? <laughs> so very cool. Go check out the Fly Racing website. They just released their uh, Cold Weather Moto Gear Part 1 today, and Part 2 is going to be released next week. I'm looking forward to that. Um, it's going to be about the gloves. And if anybody out there is listening to Sea Time even half a second, that half a second you realize that I have baby hands and they freeze when it's twenty to, when it's like you know twenty below sixty. It's horrible, horrible. So I'm very excited to see what Fly Racing has for me and the baby hands motif. So, Mr. Chris Kiefer, can you hear us over there? Hey, what's up, guys? Jordan, Brian, how you guys doing? Oh man, so far so good. So Tuesday evening. It's, you know, six-ish something over there in California. I mean, is this life treating you awesome? What's been going on? Uh, actually, it's been busy. Everybody's cramming stuff before the end of the year, getting tests done. And uh, the magazine, we just released the March issue. And, of course, you know, doing stuff for Steve and Pulp MX and taking care of my own stuff, Kiefer Inc. testing. So, yeah, life's good. Life's busy. A lot of dirt bikes, so it can't be that bad, right? Yeah, absolutely. Kiefer Inc. testing. That is so. Yeah, so I started that. I started that like six years ago. I found a, you know, a lot of companies just hurry up and get their products out or dyno it, and you know, without you know actually testing on the track. So um, I asked around a little bit and saw some companies that needed a test rider, and and it just kind of took off from there. So I'm kind of I'm full up on all contracts right now for next year. So it keeps me on the dirt bike. It keeps uh, products getting better for the consumer. It's a win-win. Dude, that's, that's awesome. awesome. That's one hell of a way to have a job. Yeah, that's awesome. Like, it's not just to ride your dirt bike, but to test and ride all the shit out there. Yeah, all the products. That's awesome. Yeah, so yeah, it's cool too because you think you like, oh man, I just got to race dirt bikes, you know, and that's how you make it. But to me, like, I always just wanted to be able to, you know, I wanted to race and be professional, but obviously, I ran out of talent. So <laughs> I was always, a, I was always a better test rider and it just happened to work out. And now I get to ride dirt bikes for a living and work at the great company like Dirt Rider Magazine and have good people around me. So it, it's cool, man. I'm stoked. Yeah, for sure. So for somebody like myself and Jordan who have baby hands, no, we could just leave the baby hands out of it. It's like, what's the number one thing when it comes to testing that, that a lot of people just overlook or, or overthink? Uh, there's a, I mean, actually there's a quite a, there's a lot of things like the, the first thing, like 
people think like they get a new bike, they need a muffler or they need to get suspension done or they need to do stuff to their new bike. But honestly, man, there's so much testing that's involved in a new bike. Um, you'd be surprised, you know, how much is involved just, you know, doing a stock muffler. There's so much R&D behind that muffler. And, you know, a lot of companies can't match, you know, a stock power nowadays just because, you know, with the DB levels getting restricted and all the stuff, you know, there's only so much you can do. So, you know, I would say, you know, I was always brought up stock is best. There right. are some things that are better, but, you know, stock bikes are really good nowadays. Yeah, I have. Uh, I, the only thing that sucks is that my stock KTM exhaust pipe on my 300 two-stroke XC, it always has dents in it. I don't know what the deal is. It's like somebody walks up to it and kicks it, and it's just. It must be your kids. They're just really. Going out, they're like, I think it is. I think it's hammers. my two-year-old. The little SOBs like picking yeah, my hammers so. up and just hitting them. That's what it is. I mean, can you we got make... one of those like you got one of those like hanger pipe guard things that wrap around or what? No, of course not. That's why would I? That would just then you can't see that I hit shit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, those are like battle scars, man, to prove that you you were tearing it up out in the woods. I know, dude. So uh, if uh, I know you're kind of friends with Cole Townsend over there at Fast Company, we yeah. went we went on their fast ride uh, last year before the Enduro Cross in Vegas. And I, of course, trying to keep up with Mike Brown in some of the open sections, like, you know, the cool guy that I am, um, <laughs> followed him off his drop-off in the section he went on. I'm, like, two feet to his <laughs> left. So I'm, like, whatever he's going to go, I'm totally safe. You know, not a big deal. He goes off totally kosher. I go off to the left two feet, and I clink the shit out of this big-ass rock, and it pulls the header out of my engine, and it wow. sucks back in, like, sideways. So like, oh. you know, you go from like a 300 to a 85. So we get back <laughs> to the shop. I've got two Kawasaki mechanics, two sledgehammers, a two by four, and about six beer bottles empty, of course, as we're trying to get this pipe off of there. And we literally had to hacksaw it off to where we could like get in there with the. Oh, dude, don't try to keep up with Mike Brown. Moral of the story. <laughs> dude, that's that, that, that is what happens when men get together and we try to have dick measuring contests <laughs> and. There's always a loser in that. There's always one shorter dick around, and just happened to got the short end of the dick. Man, the problem is, is I wish getting the short end of the dick was cheaper. That, yeah. that, that situation turned out to be so expensive because, of course, after the fast ride, well, I'm signed up to go race in Vegas. So I have to go before going to in Vegas Endurocross, which is the gnarliest one of the year last year. I have to go buy a brand new FMF pipe off the showroom floor there wow. in like Washington, Utah. And oh, dude, I was like, Ouch. I just was like, looking here's there's two hundred bucks, and I'm gonna not see any of this ever again. It's gonna be a crumpled piece of metal, and it is. Yeah, I still roll. Yeah. It's like a trophy. The thing is, you you messed with like the top tier kind of dude too. Like Brownie's gnarly dude. So oh. I mean, you you're you're setting the bar pretty high for yourself. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's I think was the problem was is it was it was karma because I was probably riding too close to his line of sight. Like I think what happened is is he kind of saw me out of his <laughs> peripheral vision and just kind of like willed death upon me with his yeah. with his awesome brownie eyes and it, 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 I was just down from there. So well, uh, hey, what's funny is my my wife my wife thinks Mike Brown's like the hottest dude, a hottest off road guy ever, and they always call him Tim McGraw. She thinks he looks like Tim McGraw. So. <laughs> well. Uh, I'm surprised. I guess your wife just hasn't seen me on a bike then. Is that is that where? <laughs> oh yeah, maybe, yeah. She, 
She's due home any time, so she'll be able to check you out. <laughs> I guess that's where the disconnect is. I don't know. I guess we'll have to find out. No. Um, but you have some Endurocross experience. I had some Endurocross experience. But, Jordan, if, do you have any Endurocross experience? Uh, not official Endurocross experience. I've done some ghetto ones. but What, is, what is not official? It. Does that mean you've officially crashed on logs? They that just weren't in a track? Like, I haven't raced a real Endurocross race, I would say. Oh, okay. Like a ghetto one. What right. exactly is a ghetto Endurocross <laughs> It sounds way more dangerous. <laughs> well, they mostly take place in Oklahoma. That's like, you right. know, that's number one point on there. And then it's in like a an arena that's like they show horses in, but really small. And the logs are real tiny and the rocks are real tiny. And they got like a real ghetto, like flatlander jump uh, and quads. You, you quads about, always race there as well. Are you talking about Guthrie in 2007, 2008? No. <laughs> was it very similar? Yeah. I remember because they used to have the Can-Am quad Endurocross like the first two years it started or something. Well, maybe it was similar, but this was, where was it, Stillwater? Hey, Endurocross yep. Enduro is, is no joke, man. Like, I try to, like, always pick, like, hey, I want to race an Endurocross and I want to do this, but I never get a bike set up for me, and I always end up riding one of the Dirt Rider test bikes, and I don't ever get a good tire and I never ride enduro cross so it's like I just hop in there and think I'm gonna be able to do good well it's not like that man I get out there and I'm falling it feels like I just got on the you know on a dirt bike for the first time that day it's horrible yeah um I've always okay that just sounds really conceited typically I can do decent at enduro cross I can even if I feel like, I'm, okay, I'm really out of my league, I'm just going to go slow, I can kind of pitter-patter my way and not really get stuck or have horrible issues. Vegas, 2013, Cross was a clusterfuck for me. The first, yeah. the first practice, I made three-quarters of a lap. The second practice, I made half a lap. Like, no shit. Like, I, that has, like, never happened. And I, I literally, I was like, fuck this. So I just went and parked my bike and went to the bar and got a crown and Coke. And I was like... Everybody's like, what happened? You get hurt? I was like, fuck that, I quit. I was like, <laughs> Crowded Cokes can not do as much damage to me as what just happened out there. So Yeah, and then three quarters of a lap, your heart rate's probably 190, and you can't breathe. You feel like you got charcoal in your chest. You know, there's a lot of similarities to, like, I relate to when I was racing Supercross to Endurocross, where you don't breathe a lot, and you're always trying to concentrate, and you find yourself, man, you're tired in two laps, and... They're like, oh, shit, your qualifier is four laps. I'm like, how the hell am I going to do four laps, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah, I, it's insane. Now, it's interesting. We're talking about Endurocross, and this just kind of popped in my head. I remember Weege. I had him on the show after he made some comments about how it's scary that he thinks the way that Supermoto kind of fell, fell off the face of the earth because it became so specialized, he was thinking right. that something like that might happen with Endurocross. Um, but I think we're seeing it growing. I mean, we're looking at their schedule for next year. You know, they've picked up a couple more rounds. They're going to be on the East Coast a little bit more. Um, obviously, with you know somebody like Cody Webb, who you know six, seven years ago was only a trials rider and had a big bike for fun, is now right. you know a national endurocross champion um, and making more money, switching brands, all kinds of stuff. So, what do you? What are your kind of thoughts on where we see where? Endurocross might be headed or fizzing out? Or well, see, I, I, think, I think Eric does a great job of promoting the, the series, for one. Number two, he kind of he, he, he kind of brings out amateurs. It's, it's a lot easier to get a rider to go race Endurocross than it is Supermoto, because Supermoto, you got to actually build a bike to go race that stuff. Ah, uh, you know? okay. 
it goes to prove to you, like, I just wrote a stock YT250F at Ontario, and it it really wasn't the bike as much as it was the rider. So I think it attracts a lot of amateurs, vet guys. It's it's a cool event. You get to race inside a stadium where you get, like, an atmosphere of, like, a Supercross. So you get that kind of pressure. And I think for, like, you know, the amateur crowd and the vet crowd, it's cool for them because they never get to experience all that, too, you know, and, and and it hits close to home more than Supercross because, you know, you watch Supercross, and you're like, well, shit, I'm ever going to be able to do that. So <laughs> True. I think that, that part of it has down pretty good. And 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 I think, you know, the it's for me, I'm a big – I love motocross. Don't get me wrong. But when I go watch an Endurocross, I actually like watching Endurocross more than Supercross just because you never know what the hell is going to happen, you know. Right. Those guys can have a, a straightaway lead, and it's gone, and you know, just like that. So, to me, it's it's more exciting to watch. Those guys are specialized in what they do, but just what you know, Cody and Colton did this year, they closed that gap on Taddy so much, yeah, you know. Did. And and a, and the year prior, you're thinking, shit, no one's going to beat Taddy. He's unreal. But you know, and I see that coming up with like Ty Tremaine and those kind of guys. You know, those that kid's doing awesome. You know, Colton and Cody, and then. I don't know if uh, Taddy's coming back or not, but like it's going to be a good series. We're going to be the five or six guys going to be really good. So yeah, Ty Tremaine, yeah, you're right. He just the uh, one. He went all three in Poland at the opener uh, for the Super Enduro uh, in the junior class. I believe they it's like a lights class essentially. But yeah, he yeah, did, he did awesome yeah, over Ty, there. Uh, Ty's great, and also you know who surprised me Ontario was uh, Deshri's kid Cooper. Man, he oh, killed yeah. it. Did he get his first night win? That, at that yeah, race. he did won the amateur main, which was unreal. Like to me, you know, don't tell Deshi this, but I shit, I think Cooper rode better than Deshi. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, I'm pretty sure there's, there's only a handful of uh, Abbots that watch this show, and Deshi's probably not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's funny. One more thing on the uh, you were talking about the Enduro Cross and how some of the guys, like you know, have never been in that kind of arena situation before. And I can tell you, it was, I think it was 2007 Guthrie. And I was in that situation, and I had to do my hot lap, and I did. I came out of the water hole into like the big sand pit, and this was before they totally filled it with water, so you could kind of still get some speed and jump out of it. And I jumped out of it and hit the sand, and totally just fell over. Like I have no idea what happened, but I I just you know wrecked my shit. And it was the first time in my life I had ever heard an entire arena go, oh. <laughs> And I mean, like, I just wanted to stand up and bow. Like, it was like, I, and that was when I realized, I was like, shit, it's a hot lap. Everybody's watching me. And that yeah. was it. Like, I made so many more mistakes after that one stupid crash. And it's like, oh, my God, this is way more nerve-wracking than I thought it would be. It's a little embarrassing. It's, so, it's funny that you say that because I had the same kind of similar thing happen to me. Like, they had you on my hot lap in Vegas one year. I think it was the year before you raced it you had to roll a log into the fire pit and then the start was the start finish was right there. So you kind of rolled that and started your lap. Well, you know, they fluffed up all the chopped wood <laughs> and I was, I qualified, but I was like the first one of the first guys to go out my hot lap. And I literally just rolled the log and I endowed right in the fire pit or even started my lap. And all these people are like going, who is this dude out there? How do you even qualify? And the same thing, and the same thing goes with Ontario. I, you know, first lap, I crash in the water and, and bikes are landing on me and the flaggers, like, he thinks I was crying, but I was laughing so hard at myself underneath my bike because I'm trapped underneath my bike. And the guy's trying to, to, to yank it off me. I'm like, yo, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm like, my knee's caught. 
And he's like, oh, man, are you crying? I'm so sorry. I go, no, I'm not that dumbass because I'm attached to the motorcycle. So, awesome. It's almost like going and riding with your buddies. The story is actually better than the racing afterwards, you know? Oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure. So I think the moral of the story is that we need to get Jordan on Durocross so she can have just as many amazing stories yeah. as you do. <laughs> I'll be the Jordan, one crashing. Oh, no. Oh, you gotta love that POS. That computer just shut down again on us. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I think he was saying Jordan could totally do it. I don't know. Keep talking that's about it while I tell him what happened. <laughs> well, yeah, if someone wants to, you know, get us to another Endurocross race, I'd be down to race. Would you be down to race? I would totally be down. He's probably wondering where we went. I was like, oh, wow. He's like, I was so funny. And then they hung up on me. Yeah. Those SOBs. So, great chance while we see what happens here with this computer. Um, still well performance. So if you guys didn't realize, they did a fantastic job this year getting bikes ready for Cody Webb, Max Gersten, guys like Kyle Redman, Corey Grafunder, um, the Shane Watts team over there on the GNCCs. And, of course, when Dirt Rider did their testing, they freaking knocked it out of the park. Like, they gave it a five stars. So if you're thinking about any kind of suspension upgrades or maybe, you know, a revalve job or just questions, um, that's a good thing, too, is I've always found that Alan is extremely helpful. Um, and that's a big thing when it comes to suspension is that it's kind of personal. And everybody's going to not totally get how or why it works sometimes. So when I can call Alan and ask him questions and he's right there to answer him, I think that that's a big Yeah, that a big, says a lot uh, for a big him help. and his company. Yeah, so definitely check them out, stillwellperformance.com. Uh, um, huge, huge supporters of Seat Diamond Way, obviously extremely uh, thankful for their support. So um, I was looking around at other kind of random bits that was going on while we were seeing if we can get this computer running again. Uh, Rocky Mountain Supercross. Rocky Mountain Fantasy Supercross is back this year. So oh, I know. It's it's neat with Supercross, you know, we've kind of seen Supercross get a little bit bigger, um, and now we've seen different kinds of, like, fantasy Supercross yeah. leagues come up. I believe Pulpamec kind of has one on their site, so now uh, Verb Off-Road, I believe, has Moto Dynasty, you know, and it's uh, Rocky Mountain's been doing this one for a couple years, and it's coming back, so... What kind of cool prizes do or Dude, do do all prizes? kinds of cool prizes. Let's go to That's the website awesome. and find out. I should know because of the fact that we've been working on it. But For one um, one season, GNCC's had a fantasy thing, and it was awesome. And, like, Obermeyer put up, like, a TTR 110 for the winner. It was really cool. It was fun. Rocky so. RM Fantasy Supercross.com. There it is. Free to enter. So Suzuki, Monster Energy, and FMF are the big sponsors. I do know that there's a chance for the top two guys to get a 450 and a 250. Um, totally, like, race-ready. Holy cow. Um, is it from Pro Circuit? Stephen, do you remember? How awesome. I think it's from Pro Circuit, but... Yeah, Stephen's looking from at from Suzuki. Suzuki. He's just looking at the logos, man. See prizes. Oh, look at this. Woohoo! Nope, didn't take no. it anymore. <laughs> Working on it. And that's the one that's the kind of like work, but then it's the one, the one, two, three backwards. <laughs> so. Um. 
And so that's exciting. I, I, mean, I think it's cool that you know we got Supercross coming up in a couple weeks, and there's all these neat ways for fans to get involved. Yeah. So that'll be a good time for those people. Um, I know that Fad Duval was supposed to release some news today. Today? Yeah, but that didn't I didn't see anything. Apparently. So still kind of waiting to see what and who he might be. Yeah. Doing. Interesting. Anybody in the chat room know offhand? Let's see. Help us. He had posted like what, like a Woman Crush Wednesday with all the different bike brands a couple weeks ago. Yeah, um, I mean, let's see. Like, Beta's announced their team. Yamaha's right? the announced their team, team that hasn't. The only big factory team that hasn't been officially announced is Husqvarna, right? Like, Husqvarna yeah. announced that Strang would be riding for them. Yeah. But Husqvarna hasn't announced their full team roster, and we do know that Ryan Sipes. Accidentally shared, you know, them and Spider Graphics shared the fact that they're going to be that he's going to be on a Husky for mm-hmm. next year with a bunch of more support from Air Group Radiant Racing, um, and a couple different sponsors, but still kind of the same package deal. Yeah. So that's cool, but I mean, or is he going to do something on his own again? Well, if if that's boring, Eric Kuda, maybe we could just talk about you. <laughs> How about that, Mister Suck It? We'll see. <laughs> Suck it. Um. But yeah, so I think it's going to be interesting. Here he comes. You there? Are you grabbing my boobs? <laughs> Can you hear oh, us? Oh, sorry. Hold, hold on. Is this better? Yeah, I really hope you're doing that to me because if you're doing it to Jordan and that's why she has that face, I'm really gonna have to scoot out of the way. Uh, I was doing it. It was it was towards you. Me, me, Jordan and I are married, so we can't do that. So. That's true. Wait a minute. What does that mean for me? I'm married. <laughs> oh, I didn't know you're married. Okay, I'm, I'm retracting my. Draft. Oh no, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm just gonna be like, I'm gonna be like, Tam. Guess what happened on the show tonight? <laughs> the mustache pulled in some key faction. You know what I'm saying? I got a ginger on me. Yeah, so no, that was totally on our end. Like, literally, all of a sudden, the computer went pew! Uh, so we, we have a couple different computers running the whole setup, and uh, yours died. I think it was not, it was enjoying that EnduroCross commercial or uh, talk way too much. <laughs> yeah. So um, we just had a question in the chat room while we were kind of like keeping the show going, if you will, about the new Yamahas. The new, specifically the 250FX and then the, the, the kind of br- brand new WR250F. Um, did you have anything to do with some of the testing on those? Right. Yes? Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, you broke up a little bit. Though. Oh, I was saying, did you have anything to do with the testing on those bikes? Um, in the very early stages I did, but it was like what they call a zero proto, but it was like back when the 250F motor came out. So basically it's the same thing as the, you know, the YZ250F motor with just different. Yep. The WR has a different flywheel and it's choked up. And the YZ250FX um, is, to me, it would be a better thing. Like we were talking about EnduroCross, I would rather ride that. But um, a little bit of development, but super fun to ride. Both are going to be great, I think, uh, especially for an EnduroCross type event or what you guys ride there in Enduro or, you know, tight wood stuff. It's pretty cool that they're trying to, specialized each bike, kind of what KTM does, but they're trying to, you know, 
get that going on their end, you know? Yeah, and that's that's one of the things I was wondering. We were talking about it earlier tonight. You know, you go to an a off-road event, you're pretty much in a sea of orange these days. Um, and, you feel like we were, an outsider pulling up on anything, but yeah, I mean, like <laughs> it's it's like it's like a bunch of orange skittles with other kind of colored skittles mixed in every now and again between you know what other holdouts you have and the other manufacturers. It's almost what it feels like. Like people are holding out and just not getting a KTM, not get to get one. But right. obviously, the other brands are great brands. So, are we that this kind of development with more off-road specific machines by Yamaha. Do you think this is something we're going to start seeing the other brands kind of start to do again? Well, I think KTM's kind of forcing, you know, the Japanese manufacturers to do something because KTM's taken the market. Yeah. You know, you know, 10 years ago, 9 years ago, KTM wasn't much of anything, you know, and the Japanese market's dominated. Now you look at the numbers and KTM's dominating, not even in just off-road and even in motocross too. So I think it, this kind of forces, you know, the manufacturers, the other manufacturers to step it up and say, hey, we need to make some other bikes to specialize in what other, you know, the consumer wants because if, if, we, if, we, if we don't, you know, we're going to fall behind. And, and what that does, it just creates a, a better market for all of us that ride dirt bikes, you know. You know, if you ride a KTM and, you know, someone else comes with something better, I mean, to me, that's, that's awesome, you know. Because yeah. I try to ride stuff that that works well, and I don't want to ride, you know, nine year old technology. I want to get something that's new, you know. So I think it's great. Yeah, uh, and you, you, we, you know, you were a, a kind of a, a Yamaha backed rider when you were still racing the GNCCs professionally. Um, was there ever any talk of something like this while you were riding those bikes? Not that I ever heard. No, nothing, nothing on my end. But. Uh... Like I told you, I rode I rode the WR for most of my first season on Yamahas, and awesome bike, way too heavy for a tiny girl to yeah. ride. But we did it because it had a button instead of a Kickstarter. Yeah. So um, it's awesome to see something like this that now has both and rides like a 250F. Yeah. Do you think we're going to see something now? KTM. I mean, they dropped 10 pounds on their brand new like factory replica, you know, 450, um, and they still have electric start i mean do you think that there's any chance that we're going to see more brands start to bring over an electric start to some of their uh some of their brands oh oh there you go hey buddy do you think we're gonna start you you think we're gonna start to see electric start on some of the other you know uh japanese manufacturers um absolutely i think they will you know uh if you're if you're creating a motorcycle that's ten pounds, you know, less than it was the previous year, and you still have a battery, it's like I said, it forces the Japanese to think outside of the box. You know, when we do testing, it sure is nice to you know push a button versus having to kickstart it, especially when we're doing a lot of KTM testing and we got to get back on another bike. It's uh, you're like, man, that that kickstarter sucks. It's nice just to push a button. So, I think within years we'll probably see more batteries, electric starts, and moto, too. Yeah. Well, and you've were been testing a fully electric bike, right? I mean, that's all battery. <laughs> yeah, that's that's all bad. That's a little different. That, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a whole other subject we could talk for an hour about. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think I'm, I would be kind of uh, – you're in school right now, so you might actually have some kind of chemistry or physics or math going on in your life. Uh, but uh, well. I think I would, I would come across as even more dumb than I am typically <laughs> when it's a – technology i'd be like Bleh. i don't know it's interesting what's cool about that bike is 
I've ridden electric bikes before, and I, I personally hated them just because the way their power is delivered. Mm-hmm. You can never judge something if you're coming up to a log or rock or a jump. You can never judge it the right way. And what's good about the Alta bike is it's real linear and smooth, and you can roll the throttle on, and it does what you expect it to do, being you know that you've ridden gas-powered bikes all your life. You don't have to change your style of riding to ride this bike, which I think is key especially if you're selling a bike for $14,000, you know, <laughs> you know, ride it and be like, what the hell is this? So, yeah. Well, it, one of the things you guys talked about in the Pablo Mix show was that it sounds like it's probably something that they're going to try to get a bunch of government contracts on, you know, and that, that might be part of what the pricing and a lot of the other stuff. But I think like, I've always wondered too, like I don't see a lot of Christinis kind of in the off-road world, though they are out there. But I think that that's a big staple in, in in their business plan as well is that they sell a lot of those Christinis uh, to the military. Um, so yeah, and I know I don't know too much behind it, but I know Alta does have a contract with some some government stuff back east. So I know they already currently have it or are working on it. So that's already in the works. But uh, yeah, especially now with a lot of funding, when you know when you go green, you can get a lot of funding. So I think that also helps too. But they got to I met a couple of their investors, and they're really good guys, and they're motorcycle enthusiasts. They're just not—they're just not lawyers with money, you know. They all love dirt bikes, which is, I think, key to making a good product. And, yeah. And that—that and that was one of the reasons why I went up there and and wanted to test for them because, you know, when when they first got in contact with me, I wasn't—I was like, eh, I don't think so, man. No thanks. But they're like, ah, just come on, you know, check us out. And I did, and they're and they're all bunch of great dudes that love dirt bikes, so. You know, it was hard for me to say no, and and once I wrote it, I was like, "Wow, this is pretty impressive." So it was nice. Yeah. So when they called you up, they said, "We'll offer you this much," and then you were like, "Nah." And then they were like, "We'll we'll double it." And you're like, "Okay." I wish they would. I am coming down. Been my manager. He could have got me some more money. Kiefer, I think you do need a a, a manager, more of a an account type person in the Kiefer, yep. Kiefer testing. No, I don't even remember the name of the. I guess I can't be a very good manager if I can't remember the name <laughs> yeah, of the company. Yeah, you got huh? company first. Kiefer Inc. It's Kiefer easy. Inc. All right. Yeah. Do you have that tattooed somewhere so it's like a double entendre? Like, look at my Kiefer Inc. Kiefer Inc. No, as uh, Jordan puts it, I'm not that ghetto. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, burn. You, know, you got to be careful because apparently Kiefer actually has a good memory. He has a really good memory. I do, I do have one. I do have one tattoo, but it's only one. It's on my arm. It's my mom's initials. She passed away, but. I'm not a big tattoo guy, and I know I live in Southern California, and my 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 bill is bent a little bit. It's not full flat, but so I, I'm a desert rat. I'm not too much of a 909er. Right on. I don't know what any of that means except for the desert rat part. So I'm pretty sure that the, all that means California. Yeah. yeah. If, if, if you came down here long enough and you've been down the hill in Corona, and you people know what the 909 is it's all the same people look like a cookie cutter tattooed black socks you know flat bill hats all the same and you can only imagine that every single one of those people thinks that they're an individual huh <laughs> exactly it's freaking, right? <laughs> i remember that too in high school i hung out with all the freaks and we had the freak tree like that's what everybody called it and i loved how everybody thought that they were just a you know they were so individualistic and they oh i'm just I'm so me, and I remember stepping back one day and looking around, and I was like, "Everybody here looks like the exact same. They're like this is just the freaks. Those are the preps. Those are the whatevers." It's so yeah, it's interesting, and I guess that's what with the it's KTM fun. riders, the Husky riders. 
you go you go down you know you go down the hill or you go somewhere and you can totally tell the guys that ride dirt bikes you know because we all kind of look the same and you know you know the skinnier type dudes and they got you know some kind of like clothes they all wear the same type of clothes it's funny right hey you did so dirt rider did a test ride on some Stillwell performance stuff, I think at an enduro cross and at a GNTC recently. Was that any of the bikes that you rode offhand? Yeah, so actually two years ago in Colorado, Stillwell uh, built me a KTM, and uh, it was a KTM 300, and it was awesome, man. That's probably one of the better, you know, enduro. That's probably the only, you know, enduro cross specific bike that I've ridden, and everything after that kind of sucked because then I knew like how good a gummy tire is and how good suspension is and how good it is to set your bike up for endurocross because it you know it really is a unique sport and you got to set your bike up the right way so i did some stuff with stillwell stillwell's an awesome person and he's one of the good guys around and you know and that guy loves dirt bikes man no matter what he he lives eats breathes dirt bikes and actually i just did a story it's hard for me to remember because i'm so far ahead in magazine world but the March issue was coming out, and I just did a shop tour with Steelwell. So there, he built a new shop, and yeah. I had Kelsey Abbott shoot the photos. But um, yeah, huge shop. We did a whole tour and kind of explained what he has going on, and and uh, yeah, it, he's a cool guy. And actually, you know, I watched the show a little bit, and he is man. He knows a lot about that 4CS stuff, and I've ridden some of his stuff, even in moto on that, and it, it's it's good stuff. And there's not a lot of guys that know that fork very good. Yeah, it was. It really blew my mind. Even some of the, and I wouldn't say like by seat time numbers that it was like super crazy watched. But what it was is it was crazy how much uh, conversation happened on that video alone. On that four, when we took the four CS segment when he was on and kind of pulled it out of its own episode, it really right. caused a lot of uh, a lot of chatter, which was awesome. I mean, that's exactly why you do that stuff. Um, so it was really cool to see. Yeah, and it, it's t- it's tough, man. Like. We were talking about KTM's and KTM's. You know, I, I like KTM's a lot, but it's just the suspension side they need to step their game up production-wise. You know, the WP stuff's hard to set up and hard to figure out, and it's getting better and and it's it's better than it used to be, but it's still not on par with say a Yamaha. You know, as far as spring fork, and, and we could go on and on about the air fork technology and how big of a piece of shit that is, but you know. <laughs> Why is it that I'm no one's big... as honest as you just were about that stuff? Like that's the most honest anybody's ever said about Air Forks to in, to me, or that I've even heard. Is it everybody just? In... You know what? And the thing the thing is, is, like, yeah, I work for a magazine, and and we have to, you know, we don't have to be politically correct all the time, and and I call it like I see it, and and all it is is manufacturers cutting costs and trying to pitch it to the consumer as far as you know, hey, you're getting a better product when. You know, really, you're not really getting anything better than a spring and oil fork because those things had lots of comfort, and this new air fork has not a lot of comfort. And <laughs> changes, you know, changes a lot, and you get some guy that buys a bike, and he doesn't want to dick with the the fork for 30 minutes before he goes rides a dirt bike. He just wants to hop on and ride it. And I know I just disagree with the way the manufacturers are going with their forks, and and that's one of the reasons why the Yamaha's so good now because. Of the suspension, you know, it's not like the bike was changed, you know, day and night from last year, but just you know, you got a good solid suspension base underneath you, and it's easy to ride. Yeah, um, man, I totally was gonna go somewhere with that, and I just brain farted like a son of a bitch. It, well, hey, I can't even see you guys. I just see your face staring at me in my in my 
Little window. Yeah, I don't know what's going. I I think it's better than the computer shutting down. So as long as you can still yeah, hear it, then it's probably not the end of the world. Um, so of all the stuff that's kind of going on in the off road world, you know, like I think one thing that you're probably pretty excited about is the fact that Gary Sutherland is going to be kind of a factory supported KTM rider for Works and Hare and Hound next year. Yeah, Gary's my. Uh He's one of my good buddies. We we uh he's like my brother. We uh we talk a lot of shit together and we get on each other's nerves, but as far as a guy that works as hard and and you know, he's a single dad and the guy busts his ass and you know, he only he doesn't complain. He complains to me, but he doesn't complain to anybody else, but like <laughs> he he's just a good guy. I mean, the guy's fast, he's talented and works hard and and I think it's uh, cool that he finally gets something. You, you know, I I don't know if he's making any money. I think he should be making a living off you know his salary, but at least he has a good bike under him, and it's better than what you know Dirt Rider. You know, we gave him a bike to use, so right. his program has stepped up. You know, huge for next year, and I and I expect him to to at least do as good, if not better you know, on this kind of equipment. So I know he's going to ride the work series and, and the hare and hounds, but it, 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 it's another thing that kind of bums me out too with the manufacturers is they need to, they have all these guys on the East coast, the GNCCs and giving rides and salaries too, but there's a lot of good guys out here on the West that they're not helping, you know, and not even Gary, there's, you know, Ricky Brabeck, he's the national hare and hound champion. That kid doesn't even have a ride. He doesn't, he can't even get bikes. Yeah. You know, he's riding his 2011 Cowie next year. And I'm just like, man, I, I just, I don't understand. An AMA national champion, one's not making any money and two is not even getting dirt bikes. You know, that there's something wrong. There's something up. Yeah. It, it, is it that a lot of the manufacturers maybe don't see uh, return on investment kind of on the West Coast as much as they do on the East Coast? Like, do they, I'm not saying that. I'm thinking that what if they're thinking that, People are going to see more of the bikes winning and blah 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 because the the series might well, I, be a little bit more. Yeah, I think obviously the series is bigger. You know, the GNCZ is ran. It's a lot. You know, it's a bigger. It's a broader series. A lot more. You know, uh, media type people cover that event. And versus out here, District Thirty Seven. You know, National Hare and Hounds. It's uh, not as big, but. You'd be surprised how many people are there at the race. When you pull into the valley, there's thousands of motorhomes and and cars and trucks and pre-runners. So the money is out there. Right. People are willing to spend money. You see it. And when they see a champion on a Kawasaki, those kind of people, okay, I'm going to go buy a KX450 because, you know, he's winning. And you saw that with KTM, just like you said. You see a sea of orange everywhere. And back in the day, it was all green. That's all you saw when Danny Hamill and and Larry Rossler and all those guys were riding in Kawasaki's. And now, it it went a different way when Kurt was winning, and then it transformed in all this orange bikes. And I still think that Kurt's legacy is still out there. You see a lot of orange bikes, and but I think Ricky has a chance to you know kind of follow in Kurt's footsteps and help Kawasaki. But you know. I just think someone needs to, to, to step up and help the kid, just because you know he's a champion, he's proved himself, and and you know I I don't know what the answer is for the manufacturers to do it, and I know times are tight and different, but I, at least help the kid out with some motorcycles. Yeah, you would you would think so, honestly. And he won what three different championships there on the West Coast that have like hasn't been done in a very long time. 
Yeah, so he won the what? The Heron Hound, the score. Yep. Or the Baja score, and then the best in the desert. So, and I don't think that's even been done ever before. So that's a, that's the first time that's ever been done. Man, that's, yeah, that's he, crazy. he needs. Uh, they need to get him a, a what is it a YZ two fifty FX. Yes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <There you go. laughs> well that that thing would, that thing would blow up so quick in the de- in the open desert with him on it. Yeah, he's a big boy, ain't he? <laughs> yeah, it's like David Pearson's son, like kind of a thing. Like it's like like those dude, the Pearsons are so freaking big. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, Nick Nick and Russ weren't that big, but man, David's huge. Yeah. I would agree. Um, so speaking of the East a little bit, we had uh, Strang on when he was living on the West Coast, and he was talking about the KTM's a little bit and how he was having some issues getting the bikes kind of dialed in and stuff like that. And now you know he's kind of come back east. He's been on the Yamahas for two years, and then now this year he's not on Yamaha. He's going to be factory Husky. Um, and I asked him, I was like, well, how do you think the, the, the Huskies are going to be? And I kind of was like, put KTMs in quotes. He's like, oh, man, I love it. It's going to be awesome. I was just like, well, do you do you think that it's going to be different now that you're full factory, you know, kind of on a, on a KTM, on the new Huskies? And he was like, oh, yeah, I think it'll be totally different on a new factory. And the thing is, is I don't know how different they are, and I don't know how much more... I guess adjustability he's really going to get. So it's going to be interesting to see Strang kind of, because he's been on the Yamahas, which you know I know you're very consistent with. Like, how do you think that transition is going to work for him since you've ridden, you know, kind of both the bikes that he's been on and will be on? Yeah, and I think you know when you have the help behind you and you got people trying to get your bike better, I think he's right. I think it's going to be better than what he was riding, maybe because. That there, you know, WP's technology has advanced a little bit, you know, um, and he's a good enough rider where he can adjust, you know, pretty good. But mm-hmm. I think a lot of that when you hear riders talk is, you know, they're trying to convince themselves too. You know, they're just not telling you that they're like, okay, I'm going to say this too to kind of convince myself and what I think I believe might happen. Right. So I mean, you see a lot of that in Supercross and all that stuff too. But I think you know Huskies way the which way they're going and you know and I've ridden. I don't know what he's riding a 350 or a 450, but when I did the shootouts, I actually liked the Husky better than the KTM 450, even though you know they're the same bikes. But um, roll on th- out of the corners was smoother. It just was almost an easier bike to ride, and it, it made the action of the suspension feel better, especially like real choppy type tracks. Huh. So I, th- I think he's going to do good. You know, is he going to beat Caleb? Mm, I don't know about that's, that. That's going to be tough. Yeah. I still think he's going to be, and, it, and it, it, it depends with uh, Mullins, too. I know he's had some problems with his wrist, so if, if he gets back in the mix, I still think he's a third-place guy, even though with factory help, I still think he's going to be about the same. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. Um, and we've seen a lot of people, like look at Stuart Baylor, you know, was just, just chomping at the bit to try to take over the XE1 class, but unfortunately had so many wrist issues and his novicular and then now we've seen Charlie Mullins kind of having that same wrist surgery, you know, injury surgery, and now having to go back in to kind of have some more uh, work done. I think this was really just to take pins out, but still, we know that he crashed at the ISDE. Um, you you think that stuff like that just can't feel good on the wrist and on the yeah. body as you're beaten up and broken down. So it's going to be interesting to see as those those kind of those those top three, I would say, kind of come back in um, to the new year. But yeah, yeah Caleb I- Russell, oh my gosh, he's just kicking butt this year. Well, the past two years. Yeah, that, that kid rips too, and he has he has good moto skills, and and 
guys that usually have good moto skills like Josh and you know and even Mullins. Mullins been out here riding with me and he has he has good moto skills. Those guys rip in the off road and and uh, but you know I think I think just Caleb his confidence and how he rides. I think he's just on a different level than everyone else. You know. Yep. Yeah, and uh, he had a lot of fun when he did the national enduro there. Um, over in South Carolina, I believe it was, and Josh Strang did as well. Josh Strang did really, really well and got on the podium there, and he is going to be on the 350, the press release said, for the National Enduros on the Husky. So that's going to be cool to see him kind of come in. If Mullins is going to come back, um, you know, and then I don't think – has Husky announced their off-road team yet for next year, the official announcement? I don't know if they can. I know they did their photo shoot today, actually. Yeah, because so. Ryan Sipes got in a crap ton of trouble because he posted a picture <laughs> at the photo shoot, and I looked. I was like, "Oh <laughs> shit!" And I'm like, "Cause I knew they hadn't posted the names yet." So, but I didn't, it was literally just a mechanic, like in a bike. So, but he apparently got in trouble for that. So, I don't think they have yet. Yeah, it's weird to me. Like, well, I don't know what the big deal is. It's like you know, let's name our team. It's not that big a deal. <laughs> it's like but, they uh, keep it like this big secret. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was like it's so weird. Like you look at ball and stick sports, and everything's so you know transparent. And and, and our sports, like, oh, don't say anything, don't say anything. So, but actually, it's cool that he's riding the three fifty because I personally like that bike in 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 a lot of areas. I think that's a really good size bike for most of every consumer. Like that KTM three fifty, I would rather ride that all day long than a than the four fifty, just because it's it's real fun to ride as and it has plenty of torque for the average guy and that would be a great size bike to have every manufacturer make because i think they would sell every one of them because it's just a super fun bike because the 450s it's a lot of bike man especially if you get a guy that's not that great of a rider and you start getting tired and get a little whiskey throttle you don't want none of that actually <laughs> especially the trees when you wind up upside down like just hanging there like oh this shit sucks yeah this hurts <laughs> Yeah, no doubt. And you get in trouble real quick with that big of power, you know? Yeah. So before we let you go, I know your family's in there. It sounds like you guys are getting ready for dinner. I personally am looking at getting a 350XC. Uh, I'm an A rider. Uh, there was a time when I was a little bit faster. Now, you know, three kids, family life, all that kinds of stuff. So I can still get out there and turn the throttle, but just not as fast. Now, I've yep. talked with a couple different people. I'm on a 300XC now. I've talked with a couple different people, and some people have been extremely positive about me going to the 350, and I've actually talked to two people that have told me not to do it because they say that the the kind of the beginning power, they have to keep the bike revved up. They say if you let it drop down kind of into the lower, the lower RPMs, it's very hard to get it to essentially get to the higher rpms quicker or very quickly and he said that he said that they've been riding it a lot like a two-stroke where they try to keep it in the mid to high rpms the whole time now this is just me just talking to people but does any of that make sense with what you have experienced on a 350 xc um you know the xc is a little bit more mellower than x the uh, excuse me the sxf but there's ways to get that back um for me, I I'm not a I'm not a real big two-stroke guy. Like I think they're fun, but if I was gonna have a bike, I'm gonna go buy a bike. I'm always would go four-stroke. Right. Easy to ride. To me, the 350 has enough torque for what you guys want to do to get over some logs and rocks, and and you can get that up. And the beauty of the new 350 that I've ridden is 
you can you could actually lug the bike and it and it works well that way and or you know and if you're tired and you don't feel like shifting you can rev the shit out of it so it's it's almost like a great thing in in both worlds you know so for me i think a 350 would be an excellent choice in tight woods and it's not a whole lot of bike it won't you know get out of your hands and the 302 stroke's cool too because it's actually that that bike will lug really good and track really well for a two stroke but that's a tough choice. I don't know. It just depends what type of rider you are. Like I'm more of a four-stroke type of rider, so I lean towards that way. But you know, I, I honestly don't think you'd have any problems with a 354. Yeah. I mean, I ride a 300 like a 300. I don't ride the 300 like a 250. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I do. I, I personally am a, am a rider that you know finds that that comfort in the second and third gear to kind of like lug my way through the trees. I don't. I try not to like slam into berms and drop the clutch and stuff because I find that that kind of riding wears me out way too quick. I'm not, I can't be that aggressive. Um, I have right. to keep my speed opposed to try to re- regain it. You know, coming out of a turn, I got to keep it into the turn. Um, so okay, cool. Well, no, I think that's good advice, and hopefully, yeah, we'd have well, you'd have to get out here and do some dirt rider testing with us and do a little back to back. All right, I'll do it. You just let me know when uh, when all your air miles come in, and we can uh, get a flight out there. <laughs> yeah, no, I, we had a we had a contributor out there in Texas that was out there, and he was out there for a little bit, and he's a good dude. And there's a lot of good riding out there. It's not too shabby. Munster is so awesome, and I wish that it kind of hadn't gone by the wayside like it has. Um, it, it, the park is still there. The trails are still great. It's just they are very less acceptive now to dirt bikers they really realize that the four by fours and the and the, the quad riders you know that that's where they can make their money and that is unfortunately kind of where their mindset is at now it's it, it uh, not that they you can't go out there and ride on a dirt bike it's just that you could tell that they've kind of started to formulate the park and the way they're going to make decisions around you know that which is to bring in more money so, yeah you, so you got to be a desert rat you know, because then you just ride from the house and you can ride anywhere you want. So literally, like, it's raining right now. I'm looking outside and it's raining. And the the dirt the dirt's like glue when it's like that out here. So, you know, start your bike, go out the garage, and you have endless sand tracks, trails. It's And then that's the reason why I live here. It's just, it's perfect for, for riding, you know. And summertime's not the most ideal, but, <laughs> but winter t- wintertime's killer out here. Is that the nine oh nine? Is that so? Should I, is that what I should no, look for? No, see, I'm seven six zero nine oh nine. No good, dude. You don't ever. Want <laughs> I don't want nine. Okay, no nine oh nine. No nine oh nine. So if, I, if my hat was like this, <laughs> that's nine oh nine. But we don't do that, so we're 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 like in the middle right here. We're good there. <laughs> I like it. A little bit of curve. You know the ears are the- curve and like leave the ears out. You don't have to. Yeah, you don't take them in. God, oh my God! Did they do that yeah. just because hats got bigger and they didn't know what to do with their ears? Like, how did that yeah, start? I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. I tuck my ears in every now and again just because the way that you're right, the way the hat fits. But yeah, to me, uh, I'm getting too old, mid thirties. I don't think I need to tuck my ears. In. <laughs> so are you? How old are you? I'm 35. I'm still so am I. I'm 35. All right, July. Yeah, let's let's battle it out in the vet in the vet class, huh? Oh hell no! You're gonna I'll be your pit bitch, man. You're gonna kick my ass, <laughs> dude. You'd be surprised. Guys with mixed match pants and jerseys, beer cans taped to their helmet, they smoke me at Ontario, dude. <laughs> oh oh, enduro cross vet class. Okay okay. I'll, yeah I'll, yeah, thirty five and up. I immediately vet. thought that you were gonna try to get me out to a motocross track, and I was like, bro, I will look at your drain plug from under from the ground. Okay, buddy. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, Moto, I, I'm I'm good with Moto. Yeah. Endurocross, I think we uh, should go have some fun together. It'd be good. All right. I like it. We'll have some, some elbow rubbing times, and then I'll drink some beers with your wife because you don't drink. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hold on, Heather. you got to come in here. you got to – Oh, see, see if we can get the video working. Uh, see if we can get the video <laughs> working, Steve. It kills everything. Oh, see, see, this is the wife that think. Oh, there it is. Okay, here we go. Hi. See, hey, what's up, wife? You, would <laughs> Hello. You, would would he be a hall pass for you? <laughs> Maybe. I mean, come on, look at <laughs> look at that mustache. We're, I was telling him about the brownie. How I think brownie looks like Tim McGraw and like. Oh, brownie's a hall pass for sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're. Well, maybe people well you got a maybe. So. Yeah, I got a maybe. That's pretty good for for somebody's <laughs> wife from seven oh six, right? You're yes. right. Yeah. When we get offered up, any as a man, you're like, wow, it's my lucky day. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, too bad I'm all the way in Texas, and yeah, my wife is up all the time. Yeah, and my wife no, is upstairs. Not, not good. <laughs> it's very true. It's unfortunate, but it's very true. So uh, your wife has actually been on the Pulp Mix show as well, right? Yeah, she comes with me because the drive is uh, pretty gnarly because I test a lot the next day. So I'll drive up at like 2 o'clock and get there before show and me and Steve bullshit a little bit. And the show usually wraps sometimes long, but we usually get out of there by 11. We have to drive, you know, three hours home. Yep. So it's nice to have her in the truck sleeping. <laughs> you know, who, like, who, oh, I'll call her up to drive. And, and then five minutes in the drive, she's like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, does, uh, does she, is it, is it uh, JT? No, not JT. Uh who is it that comes with you on the show? Oh, Travis Preston, TP. So does, yeah. does he get better road handies or does your wife? No, uh, Travis knows knows a man, so he's better at that. A man knows what a man likes, right? That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's it's awkward to say, but yes. <laughs> the, the marriage is just a cover-up. <laughs> it makes all those no. Saturday nights feel more legit. Yeah, no, Travis actually is a good – He's we, we actually uh, – my Pulp MX things are going to be growing next year, so there's going to be some new stuff that you know I'm going to do myself and along with, with Mathis. And Mathis has been a really cool guy, and we hit it off first time we met. And it's it's fun to be a part of that show because I can be who I who I am here, and we can still talk shit, but yet you know help some people out with some testing knowledge. And you know not everybody's on the inside and. I remember when I was on the outside, and that's all I cared about was dirt bikes. And now I'm kind of on the inside where I can let some people know some things, which is uh, to me is important because you know you 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 have a you have your wallet, and you only have so much money in there, and you want to know what the hell you're going to spend your money on. So I kind of take that personal when I give some advice, you know, because uh, nine grand is a lot of money for a dirt bike. Yeah, especially like when they're like that's starting now for KTMs like is nine grand you get into the, the higher four stroke range you're looking at ten grand for some of the walking out of the door you know MSRP says nine but you get your tax title license and then they create fee you and all the other stuff yeah it's so. gnarly man it sucks too because you think about it and you know you go do your woods races and all that stuff and your bike's blown out in six to eight months you're like looking at your ten grand dirt bike going holy shit i'm still making payments on this son yeah. of a bitch. it's not worth 35 yeah. i can yeah. sell it tomorrow for half of this yeah. damn it exactly. well dude uh before we keep you too long and keep you from your family like do you have any kind of last bits for us like just things you've been thinking about off-road wise that you just don't get to talk about like on pulpamex or just other random bits you know to me, like, I love off-road racing. That's what I started racing. You know, my dad put me in desert racing when I was, you know, my my son's age, eight or nine years old. And 
And it that's that has my heart for a long time. And my dad put me in moto, and that's what I've you know kind of modeled my life after was motocross. But you know when I go trail riding and I go riding with all my buddies, or I see the off road world out there, I just puts a smile on my face because the people in the off road community community are so much more real to me. And uh, I can relate to those type of people way better than I can the motocross world. They're just too serious and too gnarly for me. And um, yeah, I just, I just love off road, and that's what I love about working for Dirt Riders. You know, we're a hybrid magazine. We get to do both. You yeah. know, we're just not strapped to one deal. You know, motocross or or off road, we get to do both, and that's perfect for me because that's what I love. I'm a fifty fifty guy, and and uh, you know, and and as far as our magazine goes, I'm. I'm extremely happy to work with Chris Dennison. I don't know if you ever had a chance to meet him, but uh, he's one of the most genuine guys, awesome person, and down to earth. And he makes you want to work hard and create a better, create better content for the readers. So, you know, it's just fun place for me to be out right now, working with everyone, and you know, meeting great people, and and, and I'm very blessed. And it's fun to talk shit with everyone and talk yeah. about dirt bikes, and. Uh, Go Dolphins. That's what I got. <laughs> and, and getting free shit, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> was it Sunday was no good, man. I, I I wasn't into that. That sucked. But uh, if it's not dirt bikes in the Kiefer household, it's it's football. So nice, just hitting kickers and getting free shit. That's that's it. Yeah, hitting kickers. Oh shit. <laughs> Hey, next time you talk to Gary, you said he, he got some free shit the other day because he was hitting fat kickers. So <laughs> Hitting fat kickers. All right, you got it, buddy. I will. <laughs> awesome. Well, we really appreciate you being on the show, taking some time for us here at Seat Time. Uh, we definitely have a lot of fun riding dirt bikes and just talking about it, so we appreciate you doing the same with us, man. Hey, thanks for having me, and you guys enjoy the show, and uh, have a good Christmas. Hey, you man, too. you too. Thank you very much. All Merry right. Christmas. See you, Jordan. See good ya. luck in your endurocross career. <laughs> awesome. Yes, he's supporting this will it. Be fantastic. Later, dude. See you guys. <laughs> so, bye, Heather. <laughs> Sweet. So, does the hall pass thing means that like it would be okay? Like, I don't. I'm not up on that. I don't. Yeah. Know. I don't. Like, I don't know if she said, "Yeah, he's a like he's a hall pass." Like. She would like I'm on her list. Like I could be on her list. Like or like like that I could sleep with her husband and she wouldn't get mad. <laughs> I don't know how that works. See, see you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. How I was a little like did I just get invited to a party? I don't really know if I'm ex- like Ready excited to, to be to at. Yeah. <laughs> like oh, it's a wine animal party. A what? So like I don't I don't know what's happening here. So. I have to say it's been an interesting show. We ha- we've un- we've luckily had some tech-free shows for a while, but unfortunately we did have an issue with that computer shutting down on us. Thank you guys that got able to stick through it. So Jordan, what's next for uh, Miss Bailey? We are going to have a show in two weeks, so don't everybody think that this is the end for the year. So we are going to have a show in two weeks. Hopefully you um, can make it, but it'll be in a yeah, different location. Yeah, I don't know what the date is on that. Uh, 30th? December 30th. December 30th. Yeah. I'm probably down for that. Yeah. I go out of town January me and the hubs are going on vacation, but uh, yeah, that's fine. You gonna be at a barely walk afterwards? <laughs> no, I think we should be okay. Well, we're going to New York City, so we probably will be able to barely walk. So we'll walk miles and miles. Yeah, but... you will. Yeah, you will. It sucks. 
I mean, like New York's New York City. Yeah, New York City's odd. Have you been before? One time we went there for like a couple of days because we had a race in New York, so we just like hit the city on our way home. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, like and, uh, incredible. But it's yeah. if you got some time, it's really neat to see. But yeah, ready to walk. Like yeah, it's it, gonna be stretch rough. your calves every day and like do like start now. Band aids already <laughs> on my now. heels. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, time. so but it'll be cool. Um, any any thoughts or expectations of more riding next year as in um, you know kind we've of- actually talked about we had so much fun at the enduro we've actually talked about hitting some of the t-sex hopefully um was it march 22nd we've got bridgeport the, here the national yeah the enduro. national enduro will definitely be at that one um we got a lot of friends coming down for that so that'll be fun yeah um so, so yeah can i get on the same row uh two in front of your husband so sure you catch me again that sounds fun mile? yeah if you're up for it. I'm not. <laughs> no Maybe I'll get him to train this winter. No, shut up. And then uh He's then we can actually <laughs> Yeah, so uh maybe that. I don't know. That'd be, be fun. fun. What about you? Any riding? Uh, yeah, no, the biggest thing for me is going to be hoping that I'm cognizant enough to even wake up on New Year's Day. Hey, that's um, a good Let alone go ride somewhere. My wife the, the reason is is my wife wants to do something. And I'm like, what? She's like, I don't know. I just want to, the kids are old enough now to be left with people. I want to go do something. I'm like, babe, I haven't done something. Like, it, You're like, but now like, I'm too old yeah, to go like, do I something. I don't dress up and get in limos and go to parties and stuff. I was like, because you know what's going to happen? Whiskey Brian's going to come out. Uh-oh. Nobody's going to have a good night except Whiskey Brian. And then Your he's going to wake up the next morning. And then I'm going to hate life. It's yeah, like, that doesn't sound fun for anybody. Like, our our New Year's Eve usually consists of like going to bed at like ten o'clock. My mom like she's like, "Can we have game night this year?" I'm like, "Sure." I'm still, still going means, to sleep at ten. Yeah, it still probably means bed at ten, but yeah. Whoa, Mark Weeks in the chat room, and I just like Cooper Bailey coming up behind me. <laughs> I am. I'm not going to disagree. It was a little little disconcerting when it happened in the race. It was a little like. Oh. oh man! But you know, in real life, yeah, I mean, I'm down. Whatever. <laughs> what do you? That got weird. <laughs> oh, did it get weird? I'm so sorry. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think we talked about a lot of fun stuff. Anything that uh, anything we missed? Uh, I don't know. It sounds like I'm racing enduro crosses next year. That would be fun. So if anybody wants to back us yeah. on that, I mean, if we can't make it because if we can't make it for webcast, at least we'll get there for it. Jordan's uh, enduro cross career. Yeah, I'm gonna need airplane tickets. I've done the whole traveling thing already. That was fun, but yeah, I'll you pass on that again. Now? Yeah, <laughs> and bikes and gear. Let's talk to Reigns. We'll get you some yeah. uh, some uh, two fifty FXs. FXs. I would totally be down. That'd be fun. Yeah. I'd like to ride one of those. All right, episode 151, we'll be back in two weeks. Merry Christmas to everybody out there. We're going to go ahead and take it easy next Tuesday. There's just no need for all that uh, hullabub. But uh, in two weeks, it should be interesting. We are going to be doing a live show location yet to be determined. There are talks with a couple different shops uh, in the area. But it will be anybody that's going to be in the Dallas-Fort Worth area is more than welcome to come attend. I do know that I've seen Mark Weeks' balls and ass at one of the last live shows that we do. So I can only hope that that happens again um, and that everybody <laughs> comes out and has a good time. I don't even want to know the story on you're that. Like, but... Maybe I'm not going to be there. <laughs> I think about that. No, yeah. that sounds fun, actually. Can, you're like, can, can I, I have come? blinders? <laughs> yeah. Can we have like someone that holds up like the... Uh, what is, the you sensor know? box? Yeah, the sensor box. <laughs> That's what we'll give you. You'll just have one and you can just <laughs> hold it up and it'll That's cover your eyes. That's a great idea. I like that. I like that. 
Oh my gosh. Well, cool. Episode 151. Thank you very much for paying attention to Seat Time. Remember, the website is seattime.co where you can find all the archive shows. We are on Facebook. We are on Twitter. We're on Instagram. All those fun little social networks where you can find us. Um, if you're looking for videos and live archives specifically, you can go to YouTube. That's where you can subscribe to us there. Of course, if you're looking for just audio, iTunes and Stitcher is a way to find out there. Very, very thankful for Fly Racing, Stillwell Performance, and Fast Company for supporting the show. We really appreciate that. We do. It does look like we're going to have a new um, Fly Racing is still on board for next year, and we're going to have a, a, a new sponsor next year. 2015. I- just got to sign the contracts, as they say. In the motor world, can't say anything until the ink's on the paper. Shh, it's a secret. It's a secret. So, yes. Thank you very much for paying attention. Jordan, thank you very much for coming in again. Always a good time. Um, And I guess, hey. Hey, that's it. Always enjoy a plant full of awesome. See you in two weeks. Merry Christmas.